I want winners. I want people that want to win. All right, Rod, I don't know if you expected a blowout necessarily here, but I will say Chris Collinsworth asked Tariq, or maybe it was the other way around, and about the end, near the, I think it was near the end of the third quarter, and he said, are the 49ers this good, or are the Cowboys not as good as we thought? And I was thinking about that exact same question to open up this podcast with you in the second quarter. Now, obviously, I'm thinking of you know storylines or narratives or whatever to, to talk about. And I was like, yeah, if this game gets out of hand, that's one thing. But I fully expect Dallas to be in this game, and then we'll probably end up talking about something else. So I kind of kind of had it in my brain, put it aside. And then as the score started to get out of hand, uh, I brought it back to the forefront of my brain and thought, I need to ask Rod what he thinks. Are the 49ers this good or was Dallas not as good as we thought? I'm going to answer this question with a story. Mm. I boxed when I was a youngster. Okay. All, all the way up until I was like 15 or 16. So what what I, weight are we talking? Um, I fought at 135. Okay. So I beat this dude pretty good. And my teammates afterwards, they started, you know, it started in crumbing on how bad this dude was. And my coach came over and was like, you're the last person who needs to be talking about how bad he is because all that does is diminishes your win and performance. Yeah, you beat a nobody if, if he's not. If he's not so good. I thought that the first thought that came to mind to me in the second quarter, right around the second quarter, is damn. This defense is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I guess to answer your question, I think we should put a pin in who the Cowboys are. And I think we should just love on our team tonight because they played a magnificent game all the way around. Um, I believe they are for, for real. Yeah. Um, defensively, they were great. I'm going to start at the top because, again, I get all <laughs> kinds of hate. Brock was amazing. He was accurate. His decision-making was on point. Um, 70% completion rate. Again, no turnovers. Really, really strong in the pocket. Just a, a just an awesome performance by the quarterback. Um we didn't really have um, a standout, standout performance on offense by by anybody else in terms of numbers, but um, CMC's dual threat capacity, Debo's dual threat capacity, um, Ayuk is just, he continues to, you know, he's like a first down and touchdown machine. It's I, I, always I, open. I saw there was like a stat that was like of his 17 catches coming into this game, 15 of them were for like either first downs or touchdowns. And he kind of um, extended that today. I know at least three of his catches were for first downs. Um, You know, it just, it was just an 
Kittle, or I guess I, 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 I let me step back. Kittle did have a outstanding performance. I don't know how oh. in my notes I missed that, but um, he was the you know uh, you know I don't want to give away my player of the game, but if it wasn't for this other guy, Kittle probably would have been the offensive player of the game. Um, he was magnificent both as a pass catcher. And in a, in the trickeration game <laughs> and in the blocking game, and <clears throat> so yeah, it was just a, a great all around performance. Kittle had three catches and they were all touchdowns. So how's that for efficiency there? Crazy. So, Dude. so the other thing that I was thinking about as I was watching this game is uh, Sunday night football. You don't have a bigger audience this time of the year the bright lights dallas brings so many eyeballs because of their fan base and i was like you know if brock was 80 percent of brock i i wouldn't even blink an eye just because outside of that the a couple of playoff games you know he hasn't really played under the the big lights he hasn't really had to showcase uh on a big stage and with all of the narrative that is currently out there about whether he's good or whether he's lucky or whether it's the niner system all those things i thought you know this would be an opportune time for him to look a little shaky just because everyone is waiting for him to look shaky and it was absolutely the other way he had a couple of passes that were knocked down, one of them thrown off of his back foot that he probably was, was pretty bothered with. But everything else was a, a, a smart incompletion. Everything else was, you know, not forcing it into certain areas. And, I mean, he chopped up Dallas's zone like he was a Ginsu knife. Like this dude, and, and a couple of those balls... Because he doesn't throw that laser, sometimes you think, oh, like the players are so athletic on defense these days, they're going to be able to at least get a hand on it or something. And no, none, you know, they, they, they there was a pass over the middle. I think it, I don't remember exactly who it went to, but I was like, oh, that's got to be picked or that's got to be batted down. And, and, and the, I think it was a middle linebacker who jumped. He did jump. He couldn't reach it, and it floated right into the hands of Ayuk or, or Debo or whatever for a 20-yard gain. And so I can see why some of the folks will, will be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, teams are just going to throw different looks at him, and, and, and his lack of fastball is going to X, Y, and Z. Dallas, their whole game plan was to show him as a fraud tonight, and it absolutely didn't work. You, we called Micah Parsons' name maybe three times, but it was not because he was uh, going to sack the quarterback. It was because, you know, he was on Trent Williams' side and, and Trent wasn't there. Um, it was because he was uh, m- making a play uh, on, on a running play instead of, you know, in, instead of uh, in Brock's face. So just, I, I just found this. We've seen we've seen all the great ones. We've seen all the great performances. Montana Young, C, uh, Kaepernick, you know Jimmy G on his best day, and Brock was right up there with 
every great performance on a big stage uh, against the, the Cowboys tonight. And, you know, I kind of like what you said in the beginning about, well, if Dallas isn't great, then who did the Niners really beat? I'm going to guess now the Dallas did not come out of this game injury free. It looks like they got pretty banged up in this game. But talent for talent, especially you saw it in the first half, those guys are fast. Those guys hit hard. And it looked like it was going to be a battle of of fast defenses. And, you know, Niners come out in the third quarter after Dallas kicks field goal and they just go, okay, we're going to put, we're going to press the gas pedal here a little bit. So ultimately, to me, this was the Brock Purdy experience uh, on national TV, on the big stage. The naysayers, re- the naysayers are ready to just eat this dude up the second he makes a mistake. And he didn't make a mistake. Uh, four touchdowns, uh, 70% completion again. Just brilliant, brilliant football. And, uh, you know, I know I know Shanahan, some of this, <clears throat> he, he's got these plays in his back pocket because all we heard was, you know, Trey, Trey, they're going to use Trey and his mind and his knowledge of this this playbook and, you know, and I'm sure they did, and I'm sure Trey told them everything that the Niners do well. But I never saw the rollout to the right flea flicker before in a 49ers playbook, and Kyle busted that thing open. So as I'm saying, it was Brock Purdy's stage tonight. It was also Kyle going like, yeah, you act like, we don't have stuff up our sleeve and he pulled it out tonight. So uh, just fantastic all the way around. Now tell me how you felt. Cause I know a lot of 49er fans were ready. Uh, Niners are clearly they're, they're doing fine. I think at this point where uh, they're up, uh, maybe even been 21 zero, maybe it was 14 zero Isaiah Oliver gives up a deep pass. People are looking for a scapegoat at that moment, right? Oh, the Niners are playing so well. And, you know, of course it's Oliver. I I mean, I felt sort of the same way. And then they come back and Collinsworth says, oh, you know, under sort of underappreciated here is Oliver's holding CD lamb to, you know, he's making him, he's blanketing him and X, Y, and Z. And then I got, I went, okay, this is why seeing the entire field and understanding what's going on is, is is the best. Cause uh, all we see is Oliver get beat. We don't see that he's actually playing good football before that so uh, five targets four receptions for 49 yards for cd lamb um they did a good you you said a lot there and i want to you know i i said that i'm just going to give our team the love but there are several things that actually um i i want to that that you got to give kyle credit for but kind of dampens um i guess you know the the performance in a way number one 175 yards rushing um we made micah and those pass rushers run defenders is one of the things we did um that helped stifle that pass rush which is where they had coming in the advantage was their defensive line against everybody other than Trent. Yep. Um, so that was a big matchup. And we won that because on the back end, their secondary, especially with the loss of Diggs and then 
the, the, the kid Bland ended up getting injured, their secondary is kind of trash. So if the my thought coming in was if we could keep Micah and those guys from wrecking the game, particularly on the right side of our offensive line, um, we could make some hay with Debo and Ayuk and those guys against their pass defense, which kind of came to fruition. I mean, we had guys running, you know, wide open. It's basically Gilmore kind of back there by himself um, trying to, you know, do something with all of these weapons. And and obviously, Kittle is a is a matchup nightmare for anybody. He's, he's too fast for linebackers. He's too big generally for any you know defensive back. He's so, just a, so much so that that one, I think it was the safety, uh, lined up a good yard and a half offsides trying to trying to bump Kittle yeah, on the he's, line. <laughs> he's just a nightmare. So um, if I were to say anything about the a test them being a test it was you know if if you are able to figure out a way to stifle their pass rush then they become a much um they they are kind of a toothless lion um so to speak i mean it's just you they're kind of like us not well not like us in that sense that for us the pass rush is the key to everything. Yep. If you if we aren't able to get pressure on the quarterback, we've seen it already this season. If we're not getting pressure versus the Rams, um, at times against um the Steelers, if we're not getting pressure, you can kind of pick us apart on the back end just based on the way that we play coverage. It's kind of the same thing with Dallas in the fact that, and they're just not you know with all the injuries, they're just not that talented back there. And that was a matchup deficiency. When I was looking at the numbers um, coming in, we had a distinct advantage, our receivers against their defensive backs. Um, and that, 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 you know, we didn't have a huge passing night, but, you know, 70, 70% completions and, you know, you know I've, how many touchdown passes showed that we were able to, you know, exploit them through the air and through the ground. We, you know, we just you know, were able to kind of run through. So, so when I did my Friday preview, uh, I was reading through David Lombardi, who wrote a really good piece on kind of the the lack of trash talk between the two franchises here, like Jerry Jones literally saying, you know, the Niners are probably the team to beat. But they're they're going to have to go through us twice at least, and so in that piece, David Lombardi wrote, I believe the number was two twenty two, and that was the ground yardage that the Arizona Cardinals got on Dallas in in the upset, and his hypothesis, his 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 thesis statement was, if the Niners can run their their power game, uh, Dallas is a little light, and you know that they, they would have an advantage and and probably tire that defense out a bit, and then it's kind of what happened. Now mm-hmm. it's not the the CMC game necessarily that we were used to. He only averaged two point seven yards a carry his long 
was eight yards. And there was a moment in that game where he kind of got dinged on a, on a pass play. And I was like, I'm not sure if this dude is right. And then like three plays later, he takes a screen and goes 20 yards. And I was like, okay, he's probably fine. But you know, it's not like he ran the ball necessarily. Well, it was just the fact that they were able to feed him and move the ball and still set up everything else. Debo had five carries today. Jordan Mason ends up the top rusher, 10 for 69, but that one uh, big know, one a, was a third of that was when the yeah. game was over and the Dallas defense was just like, all right, we don't want to play anymore. And um, I think that something has to be said for the fact that they had to set up their defense to stop the run. I mean, they were, you know, they were keyed on stopping the run and maybe that limited our, you know, so we weren't able to be as necessarily efficient as we have been um, in the past, but we were able to be effective. It was definitely effective and it definitely set up other things that Kyle was able to exploit. Yes. Uh, If you are a Cowboys fan, some of the blame is going to go Dak's way, though giving up 42 points uh, is a little tough to blame on Dak, but he was not able to get that offense moving. So what you had instead was, uh, I'm trying to look at the time of possession numbers here. Um, what you had was, was you know, again, going back to David Lombardi's thesis, nine, Niners 37 Minutes and five seconds, Dallas 22-55. So Dallas's defense on the field, a lot. <clears throat> the Niners are just kind of moving, and sometimes at, a, at kind of a slow pace, and others, they're, they're getting some chunks here and there, uh, bigger chunks here and there. And Dak, his inability to convert on these third downs when Dallas this year so far through four games was the best team in the NFL on third down. They were over 50% on third down. So a lot of that credit to the Niners. It's not like all of a sudden Dak forgot how to, how well he was playing in the first four weeks, but this defense seems to be a problem for him. I think in the, the two previous playoff games, it's something like one touchdown and three picks in those two games. And then today, uh, three picks again, just in this one game. So I, I imagine there, there's going to be a lot of talk in, in Cowboys land about Dak and his terrible football game. There's an injury piece to them where they were already short. And then, you know, it seemed like every 10 minutes, another Cowboys player was uh, having to, to be pulled off of the field because of injury. So I understand it's a quarterback league. Dak's going to get a lot of the uh, critics on his back, but there was a lot of other things going on here. And I don't know if, uh, you know, if Cooper Rush or, or whomever you want Dak, Dak is the guy, but I'm not sure, you know, you, you could put we, the Niners have done this to really good quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers specifically is the one that I keep thinking about where it's just like the things that are supposed to be there that they expect to be there just aren't there for whatever reason. And when the pass rush, I'm saying it like that because Chris Collinsworth says, pass rush, 
Mm-hmm. And I heard this because uh, Bill Simmons and, and Cousin Sal always make fun of him. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's even more apparent when, when you're watching this game super closely. He even says pash when he just means to say pass without the rush. He's just <laughs> he's all over it now. But, you know, when 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 the heat is coming and there's th- it just I, I'm guessing it just did not look exactly like what Dak thought it was going to look like today. And that's you know, that's why the, exactly what you said in the beginning the Niners can rush the passer, it just makes everything so urgent, and you don't want to have to be so urgent when you are passing the football down the field. Six tackles for losses, four sacks, nine quarterback hits. Bosa, this was by far his most disruptive game of the season you could just you know i was watching specifically and they just have they were just sending multiple guys at him which freed up other guys to do you know to 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 put pressure on i mean he was really really um a problem for them and their offensive line again there was a it was ballyhooed the, the this was the first game that they had the line that they expected to have in March or whatever. This was going to be the first time that they were going to have all five of them together. And that lasted like a quarter and they started getting injuries there. So, I mean, it was just, I, it felt to me, they couldn't run and they couldn't run the ball. Um, Well, what was it? 52 yards rushing. So, I mean, if they can't, run it and so then they become one dimensional and then they can't pass block Dak has people in his face and at his feet and Bosa is just they are you know they can't deal with that pressure I mean it's just a it's it's a you know so obviously you know he's a quarterback he gets paid the big bucks to take the arrows but in watching that game, I didn't have the feeling that Dak was trash. I just felt like the off the the Forty Nine er defense was just overwhelming his team, co- the, their team collectively, and subsequently the quarterback is going to take the brunt of that, and he's gonna you know when you have a um fifty two point four quarterback rating, you know that's. You know, that's a problem. I mean, he's so he's gonna, I'm sure he's gonna hear it in their market. Um, but you know, and then the turnovers, of course, I will, it ended up being three, three, picks. three picks. Um, yeah, that, that that is not he, so he did not have a good night. So I'm not n- not at all trying to be a um Dak apologist, I don't have any dog in that fight, but um, <laughs> it was um. I think that the the problems went beyond Dak. I don't think that if, you know, if we we can say that um, they were a quarterback performance away from being in this game. I mean, I I just, I think that they're, again, like I said, all of them through the offensive line struggled, their running back struggled, their receivers struggled. Um, They were all getting the clamp split on them. (laughs) Fred Warner was, all over the amazing place. <laughs> was crazy um yeah i mean it's just it's crazy to to, to I mean we've got guys who are performing at such a high level bosa and warner 
and Greenlaw and Mooney. Dre was awesome. Yeah, it was just, I mean, it's, you know, and he was giving love to Oliver. I, you know, I don't know enough to be watching the slot, so I don't know. I I guess I'll try to highlight him when I watch the All-22 later on this week. Um, But it's good that, you know, he is playing well because he's kind of, you know, he's kind of a punching bag during training camp. Because, I mean, he, it seemed like he couldn't do anything right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's good. To, you know, the defense is just performing at a, a, pheno- at a phenomenal level. So Rick brought up the next thing I wanted to ask you about, which is right after I finished recording my, uh, my little mini pod that I put up on Friday, the news comes out that they traded for Randy Gregory out of Denver, former Dallas Cowboys uh, player as well. And I I know the idea is, well, Bosa's getting double teamed on just about every place. So you have someone on the other side and that person's going to have less people to worry about. Uh, we saw Drake Jackson get hurt a little bit today. Uh, Farrell, I think, was the only starter that was in the game on the defense late. I'm assuming because Drake got hurt. What does Randy Gregory bring? And I know there's this thought that, you know, he's going to, he's going to be sort of like the, if if we want to go like way back into the way back machine, like, you know, the Niners add Fred Dean to a young defense and that makes all the difference in the world. Now this Niners defense is already elite. So you're adding somebody who should help. But I mean, if you look at Gregory's numbers, he he doesn't stay on the the field. He's I think he's only played uh, something like ten, uh, may, maybe ten games the last two years, and he's he, you know he's never played a full sixteen or seventeen game season before. So, and a lot of that has to do with suspensions, and that is you know I, I obviously th- you know you gotta you have to defer to them that they have done their due diligence and that he is has matured and is not going to be a distraction. Um, So I'm not even going to, I guess I just did bring it up, but that being said, it was a shock to me. Yeah. When I went and looked at his numbers and I, the the comparison I did for me was obvious was to carry Hyder because he Mm -hmm. was the one who got released and it was shocking. They came into the league at the same time and they basically have the same numbers which is which is shocking based on the fact that i am a big pedigree guy Mm -hmm. i i put a lot of stock in where you you know where you came from i know a lot of people don't um but i do and you know he was a high level prospect all throughout his from high school on into college on into coming into the league he was a blue chip prospect so his lack of so that is what you're getting that's what you that's that's what you're signing is you're 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 signing a guy who has top of the food chain talent now the fact that he has not produced with that talent is sort of troubling but we've seen it before where you get a guy in the right circumstance where he you know Randy Gregory is not being asked to be the player he was asked to be in Dallas. Mm-hmm. That he is not, you know, he was Micah Parsons at one point in time. He was supposed to be 
their DN1, you know. So, and, and obviously, he never performed up to that level. But hell, he is what? He's a rotational player here. So, kind of like we're seeing the emergence of Javon Kinlaw this year, he, <coughs> pardon me, didn't really perform, you know, when you draft somebody as the 14th overall, um, you know, 14th overall, you're expecting them to be your um, a defensive interior player. You're expecting them to be a starter. You're not expecting them to be the anchor of your, you don't draft someone to be the anchor of your second unit. That's, it's kind of not how that works, but he's performing well in that. Maybe, you know, we, that would be my hope. My, my greatest hope is that he's able to come in. Gregory is able to come in and anchor that second unit and, or, and, or rep in like, you know, kind of give us some of that, that we lost with Ebucom and, um, Amina Hugh, you know, those guys weren't, they, they weren't stars. Let's put it like that. They weren't, you know, nobody's Nick Bosa, but they weren't really, you know, they were solid contributors. Their numbers, when you put them together were, you know, if they were one player, they would have been, you know, very, very good players. And if, if, if Randy Gregory can give us 25 you know, high level snaps that would be, you know, and give us more pressure because he's not going to, I don't think Randy Gregory is going to see middle de- many double teams. I, he could, I guess, but you know, when you're, when they are consistently trying to figure out who to double between um, Bosa and Hargrave and Armstead, all three of those guys are a problem with, for just one guy you know, Bosa and Hargrave because of their quickness and ability. And then Armstead, just because of his size, he is just such a big dude that it's hard for one guy to, to handle him, to deal with him. You got to chip him or do something because he can, um, when he is right, when he's healthy, that's been the big thing with Armstead is, is his health. Because mm-hmm. when he's healthy, he is a load. And, you know, he was in there, on a couple of um, pass rushes today. Um, So it's just one more piece to an already kind of stacked situation. Um, I don't, there was no real downside. I, you know, was, you know, just being who I am, not really trolling, but, you know, there was a question online when the trade went down is who won the trade. And you know how, our fans are we want we win everything but <laughs> i my argument was um double g if you're walking to the trash can with a half a sandwich <laughs> and somebody comes to you and says i'm going to give you five dollars for that sandwich it's kind of hard to say that the person who got the sandwich won the trade you were about to throw that sandwich away so you <laughs> got five dollars <laughs> For something that you had, you didn't value at all. So that's a win. The Broncos were willing to pay this dude $14 million to sit at home. Yeah. So the fact that they were able to get a anything for him is a win for them. 
Um, so and and we'll see what we get out of it. it. You know, he obviously is if he's any kind of player, he's gonna be more of a benefit to us than he is to them. And you know, with their new ownership situation, fourteen million dollars is like you know, they sell what gum? They sell like fourteen million dollars worth of gum <laughs> properly a day. So I mean, they they aren't tripping on eating any. I I said that coming in. Russ has one more year. They'll eat that contract if they have to. They yep. you know they the Walters are not tripping on money. <laughs> I don't I don't think that they're gonna be penny pinching or worried about any of these contracts. So they're as I. I talk about a lot with ownership because that's something that interests me is that these new owners, they're in a completely different stratosphere than like Jed and um, oh, yeah. Mark Davis and the McCaskies in Chicago. They are not tripping on when you say All right, a $250 million quarterback contract. They're not blinking at that. I mean, that, I mean, I guess nobody wants to waste $250 million um, but they got that. They they are not having to go do no home equity loans or anything to be trying to pay anybody anything. They've got the cash to do that. Um, you know, like they talk about, they've talked about it every week. It seems like how John Lynch had to go and lobby, <laughs> lobby Jed to sign Hargrave. I mean, those are not conversations that Stan Kroenke and the Waltons. Or have I mean eighty million dollars? I mean, okay, I guess <laughs> you know we we you know so it's going to be interesting. I, I'm I think it was a good move for the Niners, um, because you don't have to worry about um any kind of bidding war or anything. Although I I say that a bidding war when the that robust Randy Gregory market that only yielded a press uh, 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 a pending release yeah. um <laughs> a pending release press release so i don't know that there was going to be this hot randy gregory market if they had just waited um to let him hit the street but i mean you know, i it tell it tells me okay i'll tell you what it tells me philadelphia may have been in on him that's kind of what it that tells makes me. sense and makes so sense. they're like well you know when it comes to the waivers or a team sort of right below them, right in the waivers. Well, was he's a he's a vet, so there wouldn't have been waivers. He he would have been just released. And oh, that's right, that's been, right. Then it would have been just a free agent right bidding war at right. that point. And I mean, so if you know they were able to lock him in at the vet minimum, which is great. So you know, and so you don't know how much more cash above that a bidding war yields him. You know, you just don't know. Um, and, and we've got the, so it's not like we don't got the, we don't have the cash space. It's like $40 million. But again, as I we've talked about before, that money really is for next season. So you don't want to be, you know, I guess you, if you're going all in for this season, you know, th- that extra 500, 600, $700,000 is not going to make a whole big whoop in the whole big picture. But, you know, if you can save it, why not? If you can save it for whatever the difference between, I guess the swap was they they traded a six a six for a seventh or something like that, which is yes. like what like fourteen or fifteen picks or whatever difference in that 
you know, I don't even know. I know there's somewhere in the world there's a chart that tells you how much theoretically a draft pick is worth. You know, so I, you know, so I don't know how that math works. Um, so, but obviously they felt it was worth it, and we'll see. Um, because I don't, again, I don't know that. I don't think Randy Gregory is going to end up being like a starter or anything. But um, I, you know, it would not surprise me if he has. You know, if he were to have two sacks in a very, you know, in a pivotal game, it would be worth it, you know. Yeah. And, and, and so, the other thing about his contract is if something goes wrong, it's it's a sneeze that yeah. they could ju- they could just let him go. And and yeah. then, you know, that, that that's how, it, you know, it's kind of funny. He, he and Brock are going to be making the same amount of money this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Well. Well, technically, from the 49ers, because he's actually making that fourteen yes, million dollars yes, from the ni- on the Niners books. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's a sweet deal all around. He gets yeah. to leave that that train wreck of uh, you know in um, Denver oh, to come. I, here. I don't, did you watch any of that game today? Oh, I watched just the just just oh the worst part. <laughs> just the worst part. Poor Russ. I mean. I don't really have much love for Russ. No. But um I, I, I Russ, found myself... Russ Russ did not care about our feelings all those years. No. So I don't care about his you feelings. know, I but I you know what and that's true, but some for, for some reason I kind of felt bad for him <laughs> how the way that went down today. That was that was like a, a really, really cool bro blow. It's a and it's a, a it's a father cool. time thing though, right? Because oh my goodness. how many times even against some of those really really fast Niner defenses in the mid 2010s, his escapability was second like maybe better than anybody that had ever seen. And now he's doing those same moves and he's getting caught now. And mm. he's getting hit. Yeah, that you know, you talk about Russ. Though that is going to be the image of forever, be the image of Russ to 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 me. Is we were so good and so disciplined in our in those defenses. Those Fangio defenses were so disciplined, and we would be we we would we would execute our assignments perfectly, and then Russ would just. <laughs> Fifteen yards, and it would just be so just demoralizing. I'm not playing, and it would demoralize me. Like, come on, man! That and then, it, it and just, then all it, of a sudden, that, Richard Sherman's eating drumsticks on the middle of our oh, field. It doesn't even. It, it's not even <laughs> fair. You know, it's just it just wasn't fair. So I guess I didn't feel sorry for Russ. Bump for us. Good you for know, you. You know, what's <laughs> funny. Obviously, Skip Skip Bayless. Uh, you know, he he. He's a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. He wrote he he actually wrote a really interesting book on the Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys of the '90s back in the day. That I I remember reading that thing going like, oh my god, uh, so much crazy stuff happened in that book. So he back does the show. He was a hack. <laughs> well, now you know. Now he's more. He doesn't. I don't even know if his fingers work anymore except for Twitter. <laughs> but he's on. You know, he's on FS1 and he's doing his show. And when Shannon left, it left a little bit of a void. And so they've had like a few different folks who jump on with him. And I think Sherman is one of them. And so Sherman was just every everything that that uh, old Skip tweeted, Sherman was just retweeting it. <laughs> just, uh, you know, I, f- I forget what uh, Skip had written something about. Oh, you know, now it's time for the defense to show up. And 
then, you know, Sherman was trolling him about the defense and stuff. So I just found that to be really funny. But <clears throat> every time I think of Sherman, I think of him eating drumsticks on in the middle of our field. So even when he's praising the Niners and he played for the Niners for a couple of years, I still that that memory is just in my brain for whatever reason. Uh, all right. Another thing I wanted to talk to you about, and this was if the Niners had only won, you know, by a small number, I was going to lead with this. They, they don't beat themselves. They outside of Dre, who could have got penalized by throwing somebody on the sideline that they held and the Niners got one too. And, and the, the referees held, held that flag. The Niners do not beat themselves. They Brock does not throw the football away. They've had a couple of fumbles. And then after I started talking about this with Shelvin in the discord, then the, then CMC fumbles. And I was like, Oh my God, I just jinxed this dude talking about how the Niners don't beat themselves. But the penalties, they haven't had a penalties problem. Uh, you know, back in the Harbaugh days, you were good for two or three uh, play clock expiring penalties or wasting timeouts. And they had one They had one today, I think. Uh, one or two today, actually. Uh, but normally that is not a problem with the Shanahan team, even as complex as all of this stuff that Shanahan is is yelling in Brock's ear. And they just do not make that unforced error that you hear about in tennis. It's about putting the pressure on the other team to make that error. And that that's where those, not only those three interceptions for Dak, but really like if, if you believe in momentum, the momentum play was Fred punching the ball out of Pollard's hands. 100%. And then being able to 100%. keep that ball in bounds just based on the luck of the football, the way it bounced. And then I forget who fell on it, but uh, like Givens. that Givens. And so, you know, it's just stuff like that, where if you're going to win the turnover battle and you're not going to have crazy penalties that erase things, they had that one penalty that erased a great Ayuk first down. And then Brock's like, all right, I'm just going to do the same play. But to, to Debo this time, we're still going to get it. You put so much pressure on the other team to have to be perfect in what they do because you're not giving them anything. And this is where I feel Niners and Eagles might be even a, a bigger a, a bigger matchup or a better matchup than anyone else on the other side. Because I watch Kansas City, I watch you know Buffalo, Miami. Sometimes they're, you know, in Miami's case, they're a little too aggressive sometimes. So they're, they'll, they'll give you one if you're out there long enough. But I, I look at it and I go, the Niners and the Eagles are sort of like the disciplined teams who really covet, you know, keeping the football and not turning it over and, you know, winning the, 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 the running game and, stretching the field and, you know, winning the time of possession, like those types of things. I really look at those two teams and go, these, this might be, you know, the matchup of all matchups. I forget when we even play them, you know, down, down the road, but the way that those two football teams played that game may not be as big of a national story as this game was, but that's your Niners Cowboys, 1994 game right there to me. And if the Niners if the Niners believe they have that team, if they are those dudes this year, 
the one team standing in their way that said, Mm-mm, last year, you remember what happened is the Eagles. That is the team that they have to conquer. Going back to that 1994 Cowboys Niners parallel, that is the team that they have to prove that they have to beat right now to me to say that they're the Super Bowl favorite. I, I don't think I can say that without them beating the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you're right in – I think you're right. I'll just full stop. But unlike you, McDaniel and Fangio concern me. <laughs> that They have got some – they've got a real interesting situation and dynamic going on down there, and they are just so – ultra aggressive so i think that would be a great super bowl but you're right no, in you, that to that, get there we are some the i think that the nfc goes through philadelphia yes well, we're, the, we're still we're the two only undefeated teams yes um i don't know that you know i don't know that that will last until i think we are it's like in january it's like it, that's like a late game for us. It's it's I I don't have a schedule up, but I'll find, I, I'll find it for some for some reason. I had thought about going to that game, but it, there's going to be snow, so <laughs> out. So I so I know it's 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 December or January, something where there's going to be snow on the ground in Philadelphia. Um, and I I'm just I've done that once, and I'm never doing it again. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it. That is definitely going to be. For, for the rest, you know, for December the third, December third. Okay, okay. Um. So yeah, it's not completely late into the season, but it's late enough. To, you know, we still got another a good solid two months to get there. Um. So yeah, that's gonna be that. That is going to be the matchup of you. This is that's gonna be, I believe, what we had hoped this would be. Um. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't call, you know, I was concerned about this game. I thought we were better, yeah. but I didn't, I, I was not calling whatever 42 to 10, I guess is what it ended up being. I wasn't calling that at all. I didn't. Yeah. Think I, I mean, when I was looking at the numbers and I did that little mini pod, I thought more than likely going to be fairly close, but Dallas makes the mistake that the Niners don't make, especially at home. And so, you know, to, to my surprise, it was not even a close prediction that it was, you know, it was over in, in early in third quarter. So I like your Miami thing. And that, again, if we're talking about narratives and storylines, that would be fantastic for the NFL. Cause you got the Mac McDaniel and Shanahan scenario there. The and thing that, and the Fangio. Um, connection. He, you know, he was our guy. Yes, for the Harbaugh teams. Um, the the yeah, so it was yeah. The th- the reason why I like our, uh, I like I like our matchup against them, and this kind of bodes to last year's game. They are, they are like a fast break basketball team. They really are, and they really are in the playoffs in the NBA. Unless you are the, you know, 200 or 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018 Golden State Warriors, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was generally coming down to who could play best in, in a slower style in crunch time. And so 
I still perceive Chuck died on that hill. You can't win yeah, yeah, when Chuck. you can't you can't <laughs> win playing that style. He's still saying that. Yeah, that, that, that is Chuck. After after uh, yeah, after all them titles, Chuck still does. He, he's still not he's still not into it. But I I think in 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 you know in, in a playoff game, I think it would have to be in a Super Bowl. Obviously, I think yeah. the Niners their ability to control. Um, gives me faith that they're not getting blown out in a game like that. Cause uh, of course they're not going to be able to, they don't, they're not gonna be able to match speed for speed with Hill and uh, who's the new kid. Who's the new kid Claypool. that they got the, no, the young running back. Oh, um, Achan. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they still yeah. got Mostert and he's, they are uh, just so fast. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it, a track team up. It's there. like it's like the um, it's like the late '90s Rams is yeah. kind of what it's like. And Mike so, Daniel has a type, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's fast. <laughs> and 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 that is, that is pro. But I, I just feel like Niners get the Tua. They make them have to run the ball a little bit, and and it changes the game. But we're not there yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's a that's a that's a long ways away. If we do get there, we'll be lucky. To, we'll we'll have had a fantastic season. If we are there and saying we get to play, if we're Miami. talking about Vegas in February. Yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, this weekend, uh, the Niners play the Browns, and the Browns defensively are a pretty darn good football team. Uh, I know, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson. His whole thing is uh, when, when he plays well. Uh, you know, I think that that defense is able to uh, hold court a little bit and he was hurt last week. I don't, I don't, I haven't heard anything about him. So maybe he's going to be completely fine by the time the Niners play him uh, by the time that, you know, we, we play him. But uh, what do you think about Cleveland? Because I think a lot of people think that before Chubb went down, that they, they were a good opportunity to you know, get one of those four, five, six, seven seeds, and and with the way that the that that division is right now, uh, Pittsburgh beat Baltimore today. Baltimore kind of gave that game away. We we beat Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh wasn't a problem for us. That that division just may be up for grabs. So you know, this this is a game where Cleveland is you know they're going to have to play their A game here. They're at home. It is early in the morning. They are coming off of a bye. The Niners have the late game on Sunday. So this has kind of all the makings of what people would say, you know, this is a game trap to watch out for. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. They, you know, they, they can't, they're not scoring the football themselves, but they're not giving up a lot of points either. Um, I, I think it's going to be another good test for, for the 49ers here. If the, if this Dallas game was, you know, your ultimate test uh, for this early in the season, I don't think the Cleveland game is that far down from what this Dallas game was. I mean, they are a talented football team. All you know, we it you know they've all they've kind of been a joke. But you know, um, you talk about the in my mind, the four elite defensive players in the league are Bosa, Micah, TJ, and Miles, Miles Garrett. Garrett, and. We've got to deal with Miles Garrett, you know, this week. And, they, and he's not the only talented player. That's why, you know, like you said, they were kind of the darling, kind of like the Lions in the NFC to be a team 
that could be on the the rise. It hasn't come to fruition. You know, the the Chubb injury hurts, and then you know, you know, there um, Watson was inconsistent early, and then he started playing well. And then there was the whole scuttlebutt about he could have played last week, but he didn't. And, you know, so <clears throat> it just kind of is a a saga going on with him. But I don't think that we can overlook this matchup. And I would imagine since we've got the Vikings next week, this is going to be a, you know, a two-week road trip kind of situation. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up in Youngstown or – Something like that for, you know, you know, in between. I don't. I doubt we're gonna come, come home, just to go back to Minnesota. Vikings so, on Monday night too. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's gonna be you know a little, little two game road trip. I know with Harbaugh, he used to talk about how he loved those because it was like a, a bonding yeah situation for the team. You know, being together. You just um, got each other. That's it. Kind of galvanize the team. In that win, hopefully we can get some of that action. And you know, the thing that is impressive to me is, you know, the last several years we have we talked about this. I think in the you know before the season started that um, we've had several slow starts and have kind of you know ramped up. And so now the challenge this season is we are you know we are red hot at this point is you know the, the fact is we you want to keep it going and keep us to in in keep ascending yep um, and you don't want to descend or fall off um, plateau Pla- how can right. you not plateau though like that's like hard at, at no. some point you know you you know from where we're at now you you know I, you know, I just, it's impossible to keep ascending, you know, from now to, you know, where, you know, it, you know, we, at, we're at the top of Kilimanjaro by, <laughs> by, you know, January, if, you know, at this rate. Um, so yeah, it's, this is what, this is a perfect opportunity to be a trap game. You know, we, all the build up, you know, going into this week and the Cowboys, I don't know for players and what I know it's a big deal for the fans and the media. I don't, you know, I don't know. I've, I've never been a player obviously. Um, but you know, this is what, you know, the gamblers definitely call a trap game on the road against, you know, a lesser opponent. Um, like you say that, early morning for, for betters that that West coast to the East coast early morning game has always been a bet. You know, you bet on that team coming from West to East um, on the road. That's just, you know, that's just a, a, a form bet. You just make that bet because it's just, you know, the traveling, it's just usually it's a hard spot for the team, but this is a good football team and they, you know, this was a challenge, and I mean they they stepped up and performed exceedingly well. So um, we'll see, we'll see. I um, I look forward to um, breaking that one down, and you know I'm you know we'll, we'll spend the next couple of days kind of looking at this one. I know I got to start looking at Brown's football articles on, on the Athletic. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to quickly before we get to our player of the game. Robert Ramos, uh, he he jumped into the chat. He sent us a photo in the Discord. 
of the traffic line to get into the stadium, and he said it was 7.30 a.m. Do they even? I didn't even know that they opened the the, the right. ability to tailgate that early. I thought it was like three hours or something like that. That's maybe crazy. it was because of the easy. Well, of yeah, the maybe game. it was a late game, or, and because it was a a late game. But damn! But think about that though. If you were if if you're in line at seven thirty for a five thirty tip. Man, do you know how drunk you would be <laughs> by the by the time you probably you'd be drunk and then you'd be sober again by the time yeah you by, yeah. The, by the time nap. it was game time. I if mean, you, if you had like a truck, you could take a nap in the back. That is a power tailgate. Kudos to those people. Oh, Robert is saying that it was just the line before to get a spot because it wasn't open yet. So it was just people lined up lined up for, for the when lineup. it, for when it was going to be open. <laughs> um, so, so Sheldon says that Deshaun Watson was cleared to play last week, but he chose to sit out. Yeah. I heard that was the scuttlebutt. So, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about our, our player of the game. You were kind of teasing it, uh, who it was not. Uh, so give me your player of the game. Brock Purdy. I went with Brock. I, you know, mine too. I, um, I just, he, you know, this week's statistically wasn't as impressive as last week, but somehow, like you say, I think I'm factoring in the stage and the situation. It was, it was a, a masterful performance under the bright lights and he didn't, he was rock solid and um yeah i just i was really impressed um bosa and warner are my honorable mentions i want to give some love too to to kyle shanahan who always gets all kinds of shit (laughs) really called a great game and shout out to coach wilkes too yeah he was really aggressive with his play calling and he had those dudes, you know, ready to play. I mean, they really stifled that um, Cowboys offense. So shout out to our coaches. Shout out to Brock. Shout out to Bosa and Warner. Fred was <clears throat> tremendous. He had the the fumble, sh- the the punch out. He had a sack as well. Uh, he had an interception. So talk about like a triple threat of a game for him. Like just tremendous stuff. Uh, of course, uh, Purdy and and Ayuk have some sort of chemistry, and we, you know we kind of talked about this last year. Jimmy and Ayuk were starting to get that chemistry where he was hitting Ayuk in stride, and Ayuk wasn't having to break stride, and he was able to take like a short post and you know go fifteen yards or go twenty yards. And he has the same chemistry with Brock. So at this point, it's got it. You know, it's got to be Ayuk. Like he's just. At, at the level he's, he's playing, he is is he's sort of perfected what his game is, and which is great to see because we remember his rookie year, and you know they 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 were putting the I don't know if it was an Apple Watch or what, but they were checking out how how hard he was running on every practice play, and they were not happy with that. And so just to see him come full circle with this team is amazing, and he's going to get paid hopefully by us, but he's going to get paid this off season. 
And, you know, CMC did, like I said, he did not have his best game, but they still got him that touchdown. So he got 14 in a row. And I guess that ties Emmett Smith's record of all people. So in two consecutive weeks, you break Jerry's team record and then you match Emmett's record for uh, weeks with a touchdown. So that's, that's talk about rarefied air, Jerry and Emmett, even though if, if young people, who are who may be listening to this are like Jerry and Emmett? You mean those dudes in that Lay's commercial looking all <laughs> old? Is that who you're talking about? Mm. But those are two of the baddest to ever do it. So that's a that's a great place for for CMC in the record books is right next to those guys. So uh, all right, we will be back next week and Niners play at ten Pacific. So we'll be back in the afternoon after that game is over, and then like I said, the week after is the Monday Nighter. I kind of liked having the Sunday to where, you know, I'll check in on some games. I'll check in on red zone, but I was doing other things. I, I got to watch some of the WNBA finals today. Warriors got the, their, their WNBA team, the Warriors management. Brian and I talked about that last week uh, on the death lineup. And uh, I, I'm Bay area sports are kind of popping right now. If we could just figure out this A's situation, if Lakeup could figure out how, Maybe he could. Uh, I don't. Can can he can he do something? Can he trick Lou Wolf into selling the team <laughs> to him so we keep him in Oakland? Um, just like so, so many great things happening. You know, even though my Giants are are uh, the the ultimate five hundred team, win one, lose one, but things are going good, which means it's good for our podcast network here. So for the rest of this week, Brad and I will be back on Monday live streaming. Podcast will be in the feed on Tuesday, talking about Kapler and what the Giants are going to do and also look at the beginning of, of the baseball playoffs. And then Thursday, Brian and I will be back with the death lineup. The Warriors open their preseason. The preseason game was the hot, like super high-quality basketball. No LeBron, no Draymond, but, man, those guys were balling, both teams. It was really fun to watch. And then you and I will be back uh, on Sunday. In the middle of that, uh, I'll, I'll also have a 49ers preview. I'm, I'm trying to think of ways to do the little mini episodes for the other teams as well. And I know you're thinking about a segment that you could send me uh, for these little mini sods. So we'll have like a little uh, what Rod is is watching here uh, in those episodes once we can figure that out. So it, it only won't only be me. There'll also be a, a Rod segment in those uh, as we go on through this season. So I want to say thanks to Shelvin, of course. Uh, you know the third man in the booth here, Shelvin, my buddy Randy, who uh, he he and my best friend Ed were both at the game. But my best friend is a Cowboys fan, so. He, you know, the battles that he and I were were having in the early '90s and in uh, in high school, uh, and Rick as well, Rick the OG, and Robert Ramos, of course. Thanks to all of you guys for checking in. So we will see you when we see you. For Rod, I'm Double G. Peace out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.